Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Sly as a fox, cultured in pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, yeah, fantasy round table. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. All right, we are back live again. We've got our, our special guest here, Kenneth Nixon of Framing Hanley. We are excited to have him joining us today. As you can see, Tony is in today for Mr. Matthew Fox. He's finally back with us after like a month or two hiatus. He's he's jumping in to uh, talk some fantasy with us today. And then obviously we've got Mr. Dennis Bennett right there below me. Dennis, Tony, how you guys doing today? Doing good. Glad to be back. I am outstanding. I'm off work tomorrow. Hopefully the boat gets fixed and we can take the boat out this weekend. So, Well, there you, know. you go. That sounds a lot of fun. But as I mentioned, we've got a special guest here, uh, Kenneth Nixon. He is the lead singer and songwriter of Framing Hanley. Their new album, Envy, is out now. How are you doing, man? Thank you so much for, for jumping on the podcast today, taking some time out of your day to talk some music and fantasy football. Absolutely, man. It's a, uh, a much-needed break from reality right now, right? Um, yeah. You know, obviously the four of us have something in common with uh, or not in common rather with everything that's going on right now, other than just feeling like uh, I'm sure I'll speak on behalf of all three of you of feeling like, you know, it's about time we do something about this that's that's been going on for way too long. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, uh, to be able to talk football for a few minutes with you guys, definitely something I've been looking forward to for the last few days. Um you know, there's right outside in my backyard right now. There's, uh, you know, the protesting is going on here in Nashville. So, uh, you know, just just something to take my mind off things right now. And unfortunately for some people, uh, it's not something that they're able to take their minds off because they deal with this shit every day, you know. So, um, yeah, I appreciate you guys for having me, man. And, uh, you know, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully we can have fun talking football for a little bit. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned that we do have the, the fantasy football in common. You have your own podcast as well called Two in the Bink, and your co-host is John Proctor of, and I, you'll learn this, I'm very bad at pronouncing things. Is it the Quant Edge, the Quant Edge? Yeah, the Quant, TQE, yeah. Oh, gotcha. How, how is that going for you? I know you've only got uh, – how many episodes do you have up? Is it just the one? I th- no, I, th- I don't I don't know. I think it's like four now. I think we have recorded like five, put up like four. It might be three or four. Um we had Manny Laura. Um, I I can't even tell you all, all the guests. I know that. you. Had, I listened to the one with Elliot Chris. So yeah, so I, 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 was, that I believe one. that was the most recent one we did. Okay, it was fun for me because we got to dabble in uh, in Dynasty a little bit, and that's not necessarily something that Proctor finds too much fun. You know, he's more of it. He's a DFS, DFS guy, guy, right? Yeah. Um, so it's going it's going great, man. Like uh, I'm sure we'll get into it eventually, but like you know, Proctor and I became buddies uh, when he used to be with. Uh, the power hour pod with Scott Barrett, you know? Um, okay. And, 
became friends with those dudes just because they reminded me of me just to do like to drink beer and and talk football <laughs> and they were smart asses so uh we hit it off and like me and that dude became pretty fast friends and uh yeah, I mean, he's just he's he's one of the sharpest dudes in the DFS industry. I think you know he's pretty much known as the preseason goat in the streets. So uh, it's it's really fun. It's helped me take my DFS level for sure to another level. And uh, yeah, I'm just trying to help him make better uh, just decisions in life. I guess I'm the last person to say that. Yeah. <laughs> he's definitely so, got his life figured out better than I do. <laughs> so where where did the name Two in the Bank come from? I mean, obviously the play on, uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the idea is it will be more uh, centered around DFS. You know, you, you win a tournament, you bink a tournament. Um, okay. That's something that, that Proctor and I have both uh, had, you know, been fortunate to do him more times than I, but uh, yeah, the, the name just made sense. We're like, Oh, that kind of is too perfect. Yeah, I, I haven't heard the phrase "bink a tournament," so I yeah, guess I yeah. should get out more. Yeah, you need to, you need to get in those DFS streets. It sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> I saw I, one of, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say I'm a fifty-fifty guy. I'm I'm a low cash, grow my bankroll slowly. See, I'm the opposite, um, and that's something that he's always giving me crap about um, is just being a smarter player, uh, and that's and. and Honestly, with you know, it's fantasy. It's two in the bank fantasy football two hundred one because it, it, you know, I, I, we're not for beginners, but we're also not our, our core audience. I don't think we're targeting the the sharks, if you will. Right. Uh, you know, it's like how that we wanted to go over theory and like how to take your game to the next level and stuff like that is exactly how you do it. Is you you know talk bankroll management, playing cash games. I've always been that guy that's like all or nothing and. and and just throw it all in week to week. Um, it's it's I've, I've lucked out a few times, but uh, there, I've definitely last season was pretty brutal. I had some big big swings last season, so um, I'm, I'm trying. I'm going to try to get back in the, or get into cash and, and double ups more. To me, it's always just been it's no, it's boring playing cash. <laughs> Winning sucks. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's yeah. the stupidest uh, thing. I, I, I went from – I started – I dabble – and I'm the kind of guy when it comes to DFS, if I don't feel good about a lineup, I won't play one just to play it. Right. I've, I've got to feel good about it. In my first season, I tripled my money. Nice. Yeah, well, I went from $10 to $30. So <laughs> My How second season, you've been playing, yeah. Huh? My How second many- season, I went from thirty dollars to ten dollars. Yeah, that's about right. Um, so I beat. Uh, well, I can't say I, I got second place in uh, in the big uh, the slant, which is like the big nine dollar tournament they do. Right. Um, that like last year, my birthday was the the day before season open. So my wife asked, you know, what do you want to do for your birthday? And I was like, I'm just gonna sit in my office. And I'm gonna I'm gonna just gonna build lineups all day. I'm gonna go right. through. I'm gonna study the slate, and then uh, that Sunday, she, like I just went to a bar by myself, sat at this bar myself, and watched football all day. And uh, that was the week that uh, I mean, I had Evan Ingram, and in it was the Cowboys Giants Week One game, and uh, I had him at like five percent ownership, dude, and he just went off. The unfortunate thing is I was I was in first place, winning fifty thousand dollars, like. I, it hit me like late in the afternoon. I'm kind of drunk and I'm like, yo, I, I really have a chance to bink this one. What's going on? 
And then uh, some dude had, again, I, I had Evan Ingram against Cowboys, and some dude had a damn Cowboys stack that just ended up catching me. He had Gallup, Cooper, and Dak. So I felt the second place, but it was still it was a, a pretty awesome Sunday. I had a couple of those last year, but like I said, I uh, last year was pretty brutal. And I, I know it was brutal for a lot of the, the quote-unquote sharps last season. So, I mean, it's, it's fantasy football, you know. You guys can attest to that DFS or not. The swings happen week to week. So what would you say, and that's what got me last year, is I started to play in some tournaments. Mm-hmm. And, and turn-up tournament building is different than cash game 50-50 building. So explain that to our listeners that don't maybe play too much. And that's one thing that Proctor always gives me crap about too is uh, I'm always that guy looking to fade the, the, the chalk, no matter how good of a play it is. You know, I don't know if you guys remember week one two years ago when the Le'Veon holdout came to fruition and James Conner was super chalk because he was priced like a backup running back going into week one. Right. And I was, was an idiot. Pick. I mean, yeah. at that point he was the last pick yeah. and he was my last pick as yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, it and wasn't in, just talk. I mean, no, it, no, was, no, no. it was trash it, value, but week one, as far as like, he was just, everyone had him and, and, and cause he was a free square and I instead paid up at running back, and I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit. But I'm a Jaguars fan, and uh, I'm not a. And, and I paid up for Fournette against the Giants, which was it was a great spot, and that was Week One again. So that was the first time he injured that hamstring, and he left like midway through, and I was just like, ah. Oh. So in tournaments, there's still a such thing as eating the chalk and it being a good play. That was a week that it was a good play. You know, the, the Spencer Ware year a couple of years back yeah. uh, for the Chiefs was a good time to do that. But yeah. definitely it's it's more about nailing ownership. Um, you know, you get more into looking at team totals and what's a high pace game and, all right, well, how can I attack this? You know, uh, a lot of times my favorite play in that is if I know this game's going to be chalky, how can I differentiate but still have a piece of that game? And I'll go with a pass catch, catching running back a lot of times in that scenario. Um, I, I think, though, a lot of people think you have to nail low ownership. You you only have to have one or two pieces that go off in your lineup at low ownership and still right. differentiate your lineup enough just with those one or two pieces to where you could take down that tournament. It's not, it's not all about having guys that are all sub 10%. And I learned that the hard way a few years ago, and I'm definitely getting a little better, you know, at, at being fine with paying for a ten thousand uh, dollar CMC right. in a nut spot because I'm like, well, everybody's going to have him, and I would be an idiot not to play him because his floor realistically is going to be thirty six points here. So yeah. I'm going to take it. So um, like, yeah, where are you going to make that up if you don't? Exactly. Exactly. All right. So well, I got us off track a little bit, so yeah, I'll let Matt we'll, get we'll, back on schedule we'll just, here. We'll with the fantasy we can talk music second that's all right uh because I, I got a question on that so what is the typical sunday uh, obviously you don't build your lineups on sunday but what is the tip what, what day do you usually build your lineups you usually do it before the thursday game or you try to do it like a friday saturday usually i, I do studying all week and honestly okay. usually i do put them together i wake up like six o'clock central time on sunday okay start start like I, I've, I've narrowed down my core players by that point but then you know a lot of times <laughs> you could have lineups that you think are beautiful come Friday night. And then that Sunday morning, you know, 10 AM news drops with the inactives and it just changes everything. Um, So I I try to, I try to, I try to at least know like, all right, this is my core. These are the guys I'm targeting. But usually I, I have a, 
a, a, a routine where I'll listen to some of my favorite guys live on Sunday, uh, Joe Holka, Manny Laura, some of these guys in their shows while I'm lineup building. Sometimes to my own detriment where I let them talk me off of someone or sometimes they talk me off of someone that I shouldn't be on. So, uh, yeah, usually Sunday, especially I have three kids. So, um, you know, I, I don't get a ton of time that I'm allowed to, uh, to just sit there and, and tinker along up Sunday, thankfully, uh, has always been like a day that I'm allowed, uh, especially now that, you know, my kids are starting to get into sports too. So, uh, yeah, Sunday mornings usually when I start finalizing everything. And I'm one of those guys like last minute, you know, uh, 11.45. I'm like, all right, I feel good now. I feel good. And that's always yeah. the worst. I feel like every time <laughs> I'm heading into lock feeling great is when everything goes wrong. Well, I hear you on the kids' front. I got two, both under both under seven, and so I do my best Saturday nights to keep them up to like five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> they sleep most of the day, and I can enjoy my Sundays. Uh, how many lineups do you usually uh, on like a a usual Sunday? How many do you usually throw in big tournaments and and smaller stuff as well? It just depends. Um, and you know, to go back to Dennis's question about like being a beginner, like I would suggest you know for for any listener that is starting to dabble into it, especially now with how tough DFS is. Um, know your limits. And I would s start off in the quarter arcades where you learn, you know, uh, with a smaller bankroll, how to max out a tournament with 150 entries at a quarter, uh, you know, 25 cents a piece. That's something that is more affordable. But then you start to realize like, all right, well, this is the way I'm attacking this, this percentage of this guy, this percentage of this guy. Obviously, you're going to want to look at things like or not or like, you know, an optimizer or something to help with the build itself. But um for me, I, I play a lot of single entry and three max. Um, I'm not, I don't really play a lot of, I, I probably maybe once or twice ever have done a tournament and thrown 150. Like I said, the slant, when I finished second place last year, I, uh, I, I think I threw like, that's 150 max. And I think I threw like 40 in there and I just had a couple that, that did really well. Um, you know, and then there's times when last year on an early slate, I always, I usually do one early only, like for the early games, mm -hmm. and we'll throw that in like three tournaments. And last year, dude, I did two on this one Sunday and threw them into three tournaments. And I, so it was like one into one, and then the other one went into the other two. And if I would have thrown that one that went into one into all three like I normally do, I would have binked every damn tournament instead. Oh, I finished second place, in, or I finished first place in that, and then like second, third, and the other two. And I was like, ah, that's, I learned my lesson. I mean, it's, it's different strokes for different folks. You know, it's like, you're going to figure it out. Um, you know, I'm, again, I know one of the questions y'all were going to ask is like how I got into fantasy in yeah. general. Um, I remember the first time I played fantasy football, that was just like, it was just something I did on tour. I was not into it. So it's like, that's DFS was like that for me as well. Like at first I was playing low stakes and, you know, it, it wasn't like a huge hit all of a sudden. So it wasn't anything that immediately grabbed me. And then uh, I had like a, uh, I finished sixth place in the Millie Maker. This was when it was, they still did Sunday night and Monday night in the Millie Maker. Because uh, I was in third place. If it had the rules now, I would have finished third. Because mm -hmm. it was Rawls. I don't know if you guys remember, I forget who they were playing, but Rawls, uh, the week that Marshawn was in, uh, like inactive last minute in the afternoon games. So I switched to Rawls and I mean, I had him at like sub 1% ownership in, in the millionaire maker, which is like 200,000 entries, you know, right. so that, and he went off. He had like 
200 all-purpose yards. I want to say like three touchdowns or something like that. Nice. And that I was just like, yo, what is going on right now? And um, I had a birthday party I had to go to that night. And I'll never forget it was the damn Bengals against the Cardinals. And I remember Eifert dropped me. And then Monday night was still in the Millie Maker that year. They still had Monday night game. And I went to Monday Night Raw. I was sitting ringside at Monday Night Raw just watching my phone all night. And it was either LaFell or Danny Amendola for the Patriots that just had me, like, drop because I had no ownership in those that Sunday night, Monday night game. So I'm sitting there ringside just, like, watching me just lose thousands of dollars. I'm like, ah, I hate fantasy football. Uh, I mean, I know you guys have been there. To help you know, with you do. Yeah. You know, sometimes I find myself in those situations – I, I play somebody from that. I, I I work to find somebody from that game just to feel like if I'm going to lose, I want to lose because I picked the wrong damn guy, not yeah, because right, I had, right. had everybody on Sunday and I'm just sitting yes. there waiting and waiting and waiting and watching somebody go past me. Dude, that's yeah. that's the thing now that somehow like, you know, not to be rude, but I, I call those people donkeys where it's like they will on the Thursday through Monday slates they will play like a bunch of dudes on Thursday, no matter how terrible the game is, just so they can see that green for a second on their screen, you know? Yeah. So it feels like they're doing well. And it's like, there's an edge because those are lineups that are most of the time just wasted. To where there are a lot of people there. I mean, yeah. and I've been guilty of it too in the past where I just want some action. And so yeah, exactly. I'll play a guy on Thursday that I know is worthless. And I've tanked my lineup just so that I can be like involved to for have a that. day. Yeah, that that little bit of uh, happiness. That one little bit, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know, think I've ever played a Thursday lineup. Oh, but I, I know I what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing, though. <laughs> yeah. You're like, this is not going to end well. It's not going to end well. So you mentioned your favorite team is uh, is the Jaguars. How did how did you how did you become a Jaguars fan? Um, their expansion year. I was I was a young kid, and I liked their jerseys, okay. and. Uh, it was to be different for my dad, you know, not root for the team that he rooted for. And I just learned really everything I know about the sport by following them. And when we got the Titans here in, in Nashville, I didn't didn't switch allegiance. So you can understand how terrible it's been living in Tennessee my entire life as a Jaguars fan, especially, you know, yeah. when you go undefeated and look like you're going to the Super Bowl, except, oh, wait, the Titans beat you three times in one season, including, including in the – AFC championship game. That's something that like, I still haven't lived down to this day here in Nashville, but um, yeah, it was just following, uh, following them because I like their jerseys and learning about the sport by following them. And, you know, we had a couple of good years <laughs> back when we had Fred Taylor and, right. and Mojo. Can, and, can know, I, can I, can I hijack you here for a second? Yeah. So I, I, I believe that Jacksonville's tanking at this point. Is that your opinion? No. I want to know what you think about Jacksonville moving forward into this year. No, I think they, they legit think that, that Minshew, you know, they want to at least give him the chance. Um, and you, you got to keep this in mind, too. Marone, none of those guys gain anything by tanking. They know if they don't do yeah. something this year, they're gone next year. So they, they want Minshew to go out there and, and to be the savior for them. Um, I, I think – Listen, I, I'm I'm going to sound like the glass half full guy here, but I'm a Jaguars fan, so I've I've dealt with this my entire life. I know that they're a poor excuse for a sport team. Um, I think that the win total is a little bit insulting because Minshew won Rookie of the Week seven times last season, not once, 
not twice. Like it's insulting to just completely count this dude out, especially in the disarray that team had with the locker room falling apart. You've got this six round rookie that comes in there and just takes over the team, becomes a leader. Um, one thing that I'll say that gives me confidence in him is the final game of the season. They finally open up the playbook to what they would give a, a, a year three starter against the Colts. And he went out there without Fournette week 17 and destroyed the Colts. The, the one it's, it, I can't even say recency bias, but they had that game against Houston in London. That was the early game that every one of us saw. And it was the worst game that Minshew played by far. So that's what everybody's like, Oh, who everybody's talking to Minshew mania about this guy. It's, now, will I be upset if we get Trevor Lawrence? Absolutely not. But also, I won't be mad either if if he does well and then we go into next season's draft with two first-round picks and I and our first-round pick is, you know, later than the one that we got from the Rams because I think they're going to be terrible again next year. Um, and it's also hilarious because it, it's going to go down in history looking like we fleeced them on that trade, I think, because I, I don't know if they're going to be able to keep Jalen around. Um, but no, I mean, I won't be mad if we get Trevor Lawrence, uh, it will suck if we win like six, seven games, just, just enough to keep us out of the Lawrence sweepstakes. But then again, you win that many games, you have two first round picks. You can make a move to get up there and get Trevor Lawrence or, or, you know, at least get a difference maker. There's like, what's his face? Yeah. And who's the dude out of, is it North Dakota? Yeah. 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 So I saw, I'm rooting, I'm I saw rooting something today where, where Trevor Lawrence wasn't even the number one rated quarterback. I mean, there's still debate about – I think it's crazy. I understand. Yeah. I understand. But I saw, happen, right? look at, I look saw at an Florida. argument where he wasn't the number one quarterback. So I'm with you. I mean, you don't have to tank for a quarterback. And especially considering the landscape of the quarterback, quarterback position, I mean, there are still quarterbacks on the market. There are quarterbacks on short-term deals. You can have a, a successful football team. Look at the Miami Dolphins. Everybody thought the Dolphins were tanking. And then all of a sudden, we're tired of Josh Rosen, and we're going to win right now with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Draft picks be damned. The, the Dolphins knew they weren't going to win the Super Bowl, but they were going to win games. I agree with you that, that the Jaguars – I'm a Colts fan. Mm -hmm. The Jaguars aren't just going to lay down. Like, they're not just going to quit. Yeah. I agree with you there. So, that's, that's exciting. I mean – it is exciting. Whose seat is hotter, Marone's or Minshew's? Minshew's seat I mean, is hotter. No, I mean, Marone, Marone won't be our – I don't think they'll keep Marone after this season if if we have a losing record, which we're going to have a losing record. Uh, I think Minshew will at least stay on the team because he's, six, he's a six-round rookie that's proven he can win games. You know, he's not going to be Mason Rudolph and, and come in there and, and just be completely inept. Um, so the whole – like see hotter. Like, I don't even know, like if they obviously, I mean, who the hell am I to guess this right now? And in, in June, but I don't know if, if we did end up getting Trevor Lawrence, if, if it's one of those things, it, it just it really depends on how he, how Minshew does this season where it's like, do they immediately bring in Trevor Lawrence and, and put him in week one, which I know, yes, nine and point nine out of 10 times you do. But um, I mean, dude, they trust me. I, I think, any team would love to win with a six-round quarterback right now on a rookie deal. <laughs> and and to, granted, obviously, Trevor would be on a, a rookie deal as well. But, like, you know, I, I think they know that Gakwe, that's a lost cause at this point. Um, yeah. You know, it's a complete rebuild, like, which yeah. it's been the last 
25 years as a Jaguars fan. Um, it's brutal. It's brutal. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, I'm a I mean, Lions fan, so I can relate. You know, oh, same, I'm, a, I'm a Browns fan, so I re- we, we, we understand your pain. On <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I Matt think, understands that better than anybody. I think all three of your teams will at least have winning records this year. You um, know, I thought the same thing last year too, and I suffered that pain all season long with the, with what the Browns did. So I, I'm not going to get my hopes up this year. Well, I'll tell you, I uh, I've been targeting buying Baker anywhere I can in Dynasty because I, I'm not I like not it. worried about that with you know with them knowing that they had to improve the offensive line, uh, going to run a lot more twelve. Also, been getting a lot more OBJ because he's still way too cheap for you know what his talent level is. I will say, out of all four of our teams, I don't know that I'm pissed at any team more than I am the Lions for completely ruining DeAndre Swift's draft value <laughs> yeah. this year. Yeah, you know, it depends not- on where you have where your rookie picks are at. If you're well, picking, him, if you're picking at six or seven in a single yeah. quarterback league, then you're like, man, that's good for me. I picked him. Uh, Pretty early overall. And I think this was a draft, too, that right after the NFL draft, so there was no excuse for it. It was just, you know, going into last last year's college season, I thought he was the most talented running back in the, in the nation. Still, arguably, it can be that guy. Um, just that landing spot's brutal, man. Because, you know, and and your coach is a bigger Terrible. donkey than, than, than any of our coaches. So Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, I'm, Dennis knows we've we've talked about it on here. I'm a huge Swift fan as well. He was he was my number one running back coming into this class. Still, even with the landing spot, I, mm-hmm. I, we had a guy on who uh, Debbie Kane uh, was on with us during during the NFL draft. We were live for a little bit, and he really talked me into it. I think Swift is going to still be really good this year. He'll obviously split with Carry On, uh, but I'm still high on him. I, but I'm with you. I think the the coaching is what's going to kill him more than Carry On. Well, but, and not just that. It's like. Theo Riddick was very good at what he did when he was yeah. a lion, and none of us would have been happy to get Theo Riddick in the first round of our, our rookie drafts, you know. And yeah. granted, obviously, he's not as talented, uh, never was as talented as Swift is, but like Patricia is totally, he's totally the coach that can will split them like that, probably. Yeah, and, and we've seen Carry On be great as well. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, hopefully, he just. Goes out there and is electric right off the bat and 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 earns an every down roll. I took my uh, one of my main like dynasty leagues. We have a uh, it's like a basically most all the leagues I commission. You only have to start one running back. Okay. Um, and usually they're all PPR leagues, so usually I I just get a pass. I was lucky the year that Kareem Hunt came in. He was he was my guy that year and for the Chiefs. And I mean, you know my. Game theory always in dynasty football, and I'm, I don't know how you guys are, but you know the shelf life for wide receiver is just w- way, way longer than running back. So I, yeah. I just have a, I always have like a crazy group of s- pretty young stud receivers, and I, I take a few gambles with a running back that's not a sexy pick, but you can get in the later rounds of a startup. Like David Montgomery's going too late right now for being a second year running back. Um, Sony Michelle's terrible, but he's free in startup drafts right now. And with a, a team that's probably going to completely change their offensive identity, I don't mind, you know, having an arsenal of, you know, eight or nine, just like, when I say stud, I'm talking like I could read off one of these rosters. Did you, you know, say Ronald Jones? 
I do have – he's on that team, actually. My yeah. running backs on that team yeah. are, Rojo, are Rojo. Ronald Jones is my guy. Yes. Montgomery and Sony Michelle are, like, the three that I'm like, all mm. right, well, one of these guys could – I could look out. See, I'm a Vanderbilt fan, so, like, I think Vaughn can be the real deal there. But we also know that Tom Brady does not love having a rookie running back out there. Um, I, well, I think – Lucky for Vaughn, Jones can't block for shit. So, yeah. Well, <laughs> I think – So that means I, Dario Gumbawale will be the guy. I think they'll end up. I won't. I will not be surprised when they end up bringing in uh, Freeman. I mean, uh, Arians is talking about it right now in the media about how he just wants too much money. Right. The fact that he's mentioning him in the you know that that means that he's trying to be like, hey, negotiating in the you want to come win a Super Bowl or not? Get your price um, down. Yeah. You got a spot. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, just take Freeman would be really, really, really dumb to take a year off at, at his age. You yeah. know, given the the mileage he has. And what what better offense to just go and be told, hey, you're probably going to be the every down back here. Um, Rojo, though, I, I, I will – until the wheels completely fall off, I will be a, a believer because it's crazy how great he was in college. You know, people forget that he was, in a lot of people's eyes, better than Saquon Barkley in college. And, and then it just hasn't come to fruition yet at the pro level. But probably there's one guy that could change everything. Yeah. But if there's one guy that can change everything, you know, it's it's Tom Brady. And speaking of which, I don't – man, I have to say I would love so much, and hopefully two of you at least are on the same page as me as being AFC team fans. I would love so much for Brady to go there and be very successful with Gronk and then the story be written Brady Gronk instead of Brady Belichick, you know, when it's all said and done, that was, it was those two, not, not hoodie and Brady, but obviously very unlikely that's going to happen. I, I, it's such a weird hate as a Colts fan. Oh yeah. yeah. It's such a weird thing because I respect the man. I mean, come on. Like what is there to say about Tom Brady? That's bad. I mean, he's good looking. That's the he beat. He's good looking. <laughs> That's the problem. He's better looking than me. Now, but, you guys should be preparing for a Tampa, New England Super Bowl yeah. instead of oh, taking it God. to him. That's ridiculous. Dethroning Brady, putting him, putting him out to pasture. If Tom Brady can rally Tampa Bay and make them into a Super Bowl contender, I mean, I'll be floored. He's the Dude, best. At that point, at that point, as a Colts fan, I'll have no choice but to say Tom Brady's the best quarterback of all time. There will be no argument. It'll be over. Listen, I, I live in Tennessee, grown up here my entire life. I've been a Vanderbilt fan, so just like the Jaguars fan, I've taken a lot of shit from UT fans my entire life, but I've always been a Peyton Homer. Always loved it. When Brady came back in that Atlanta Super Bowl, I was like, there's no denying it anymore. He's, no he's the GOAT. And um, plus, just the last few years, that he's kind of had that face turn, which is a, a pro wrestling, uh, uh, right? But, but with the way he is on social media and his personality and stuff now, like I like the guy now. Um, yeah, I, I, I would. I love Godwin. You know, I, 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 Arians. I love Arians, even though um, he That's lies a lot. Thing. He's on he's a team do. that we. He, he's on a team that we love now. Yeah. Like now he's not the enemy anymore. Now he's he's, he's never had an offense like that. Yeah, I mean, Grant, yeah. you know, obviously not no time taken away from Randy Moss, but he's never had an offense like that. And what people don't realize is, hey, their defense also started to get really good at the end of the season. Well, yeah. like obviously that pass rush was there, front seven was there, but like 
the secondary, if that makes a leap, even slightly, they, their win total opened at what? I think like eight games. And then I, it's probably up to like 10, 10 and a half by now. But I, I still like looking at their at their schedule, like there's just not a lot of stuff on there that scares me. You know, I think that they've got probably four easy wins right off the bat with with Atlanta and, and Panthers being in the same division. So, well, yeah, just like you mentioned with the with the, how good that defense was, I believe their average margin of loss last year was like five points. Like yeah. that just shows how good their defense was. Now, some yeah. of this is Winston throwing the ball like five thousand times, but you know their their defense definitely was good. So, if you had to cap it, who do you think has more wins then? Uh, the hoodie and Bill Belichick or Brady in the pack? And the oh, dude, that's not even it's not even close. I mean, I I one hundred percent am a believer that the the Bucks are going to make a serious run yeah. probably in the postseason. Like I don't. I don't think the Patriots are, which is so great. It, it's, I mean, I think oh, it's the Bills. I agree with you. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, yeah. on board that. All right. It's, so I feel like we're doing something wrong. Are we all doing something that's against the rules? Like, yeah. No, <laughs> Belichick is going to shut us all up and go like 11 and, or, right. like, yeah, yeah no, he's going to win Tony the Michelle game. MVP. Yeah. It's, and it's, we're all going to yeah. be pissed off and it come January when they're the two seed. Because Patrick Mahomes is the one seamer, we're just like son of a bitch. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's all crazy. James White and, and Rex Burkhead both get hurt, and somehow Sony becomes an every down back that you know goes for a thousand and a thousand punches and eighteen <laughs> touchdowns, yeah. right? Yeah. Eighteen one yard touchdowns, yeah, right. All right, so you, you talked a little bit about your draft style there earlier about how uh how, how you like to go heavy wide receivers mostly based on on your your dynasty formats and everything. So who are some of your favorite wide receivers that you have? Like who are who are those guys you have a lot of stock in? Uh let's see. I'm in eight nine dynasty leagues, I think, and only one of those leagues do I not own Devontae Adams. Um nice. and most of those, you know, work when he came out of Fresno State. And, you know, a lot of people gave up. I mean, I don't remember if you, I don't know if you guys remember that, but like that first year going into second year, a lot of people were calling him a bum. And uh, that, I mean, that's, I know we were going to get into bold calls. Like that's my bold call. I think, I think he's wide receiver one this year, bar, barring health. Um, I, I have a ton of him. Um, uh, Godwin, obviously. Uh, I've been making a lot of Hopkins for Godwin trades. Uh, this off season, which I think Godwin's the best receiver in football, um, but or no, I'm sorry, uh, I think Hopkins is the best wide receiver in football. But you know, as sexy as that Arizona landing spot is, as well, he's I think they're going to spread the ball around a lot. Which, granted, they're going to throw the ball a lot more. But um, I don't know. Like uh, I, I would, I think rather moving forward have Godwin on my team. Juju is a guy that I think in startups he's he's still going too late right now. Um, Golly was another guy that I got rookie year. I would say my my like outside of the Adams call, my bold call, bold call that I'm trying to acquire him everywhere I can is I think Allen Robinson is going to be a top five wide receiver in football this year. Oh, um, I love that. I think he's. I, like. I mean, where did he finish in PPR? Probably t- he was in top ten last he's year, and he had. 10. I want to say he was nine or eight. We we just did the yeah. uh, talked about the Bears. I love it. Ago. he was he's, he was very high up there. It was surprising to me to see him that high. And now he's got Foles, who's you know look what Foles did with Alshon, and he's way better. And Alshon had some great years in Chicago, but like Allen Robinson is, in my opinion, the most underrated wide receiver in the league. Still, like people still don't realize um, 
like just look at his list of quarterbacks dating all the way back to college. It's it's pathetic, and he's always just been that guy. Dude, that, that's a joke I've always made about being a Jaguars fan too is if I buy the jersey, they always get rid of the player. It's been A-Rob, oh. it's been Jalen, and then Ngakwe was my favorite player until this offseason where I'm just like, ah, stop doing this. But, um, yeah, I'm so rooting for A-Rob. Maybe try buying a jersey of a player not on your team and see if they trade for that player. Yeah, there that's a go. good idea. That's a good idea. Well, I was going to say, just do me a favor. Don't buy a chart jersey because his his uh, his <laughs> chemistry with Minshew I love, and so I don't want to see him go anywhere. I, I, I love uh, I love that kid. I gotta, I'm going to go off uh, off the beaten path here a little bit. You're I want to interrupt you. I'm going to interrupt go you. Go ahead. I, I want wait, wait. No, I want... it's my turn. Okay. okay. <laughs> no, go, ahead, go Tony. Tony. I just want to tell everybody, once I traded Alvin Kamara for Devontae Adams, straight up. And yeah. I loved it. I, th- I, I thought it was a win deal. Yeah, I just want to – I want you guys to feel on it. It was a dynasty league, yeah. and it was right we saved, before – We saved the bragging for the end of the show, Tony. Yeah. yeah. No, we, no, no. Is it bragging? <laughs> Is it bragging? Come on. Stop. Is it no, bragging? That's just being good at playing dynasty football. Um, and he's one of those guys, too. I can't tell you how many leagues the owner of Kamara, they've tried trading him to me this offseason, or I'm just like, yo, the talent's obviously real. Yeah. But, you know, so is the fact that, I mean, he's, he's, it looks like he's might be one of those players where he's going to have injuries, you know, just the way he plays football. Um, if Breeze goes down, this is by far, but even before this stupid shit that's happening right now, what Breeze said, this is absolutely his last season. Um, you know, if, Jam- if Jameis stays there, if Jameis stays there, then you still love that. Um, but which I think I would hope Peyton is smart enough to keep him over Taysom Hill. But then you see all the shit that, uh, that, uh, damn, what's his face? Why is his name escaping me? Fox Glazer. Glazer says that the Taysom shit's real. Yeah. He said that they view him as the heir apparent for Breeze, and it's like, why? That's um, Glazer is wrong, dude. I thought, like, speaking of things that pissed me off this off season was that Winston. Like, I, I dude, him, I wanted him so bad to land either with the Colts, yeah, like for I wanted him in the Colts, bad. yeah, or or in uh, Los as a Charger. Like, dude, him as yeah. a Charger, yeah. Instead, you know, they've got a quarterback that. Hopefully none of my league mates are listening to this, but because uh, I have a lot of Austin Eckler and I'm trying to sell him so hard right now, um, it's gonna he Tyrod's gonna kill Eckler's value. Uh, I think that they're gonna you know utilize what's his face that they just drafted Herbert. No, the uh, the Herbert running back Kelly. Oh, yeah, 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 because he's a he's a, arguably a better in between the tackles runner. Um, and as great as Eckler was last year, do we really expect him to repeat that kind of you know? season or being that efficient it's like expecting the same thing out of Tannehill this year which I cannot wait for all the Tennessee Titans fans to be disappointed in that I can't wait either (laughs) I I will say dude as a Colts fan I think it's it's criminal that you guys are the favorite to win the division um what do you mean it's criminal what does that mean it's criminal well I don't know if you if you've heard of this guy called Deshaun Watson that's in our our and he lost Hopkins granted what was that guy's name Hopkins they yeah. got a second round pick and a thirty yeah. year old running back. But, was it? but if they if listen, if Cooks can avoid listen. another concussion, I agree. And and Fuller can keep his legs intact, and you know uh, what's his face actually earn a, a role? Stills, Stills uh, or Cootie? Yeah. Uh, Cootie. 
Still, oh, still okay. is like is one of those players I saw a lot of people expecting him to just to be dropped before the season yeah. because they had Kuti and then what's the other dude that they had last year that that played Kuti off the field a lot. Um, anyway, all I'm saying is they're plus three hundred right now to win the division. That's that's a great bet because it's a, our division sucks every year. People forget the year that the Jaguars went to the AFC Championship game and need I remind you, Miles Jack was not down. Um, the year that the next year, everybody had us as a Super Bowl team, and then we won. I don't think they can do it. I don't think they can do it. They can't get through the Titans. So forget the Colts. Take my homerism out of it. The Titans' defense is strong enough that I think it's going to stop. I I really think it'll stop Houston from performing. Listen, Brennan, listen, the problem is the coronavirus. I, I, I agree with everything that you're saying. I love Brennan Cooks, I love Kenny Stills. Will Fuller, if healthy and playing 16 games, I mean, dude, that guy can take three targets for, I mean, he can take three targets for 80 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, there's, there's no doubt in my mind. The problem is when we look at the changes that this team has to deal with, and then they have like significant real hurdles to, to, to come over. I don't, I don't know they can do it fast enough. I'm not saying I hate the Texans, but I don't. I I really do believe the Colts are going to win the division, not as a homer, but the Titans are the problem. It's the Colts and the Titans. That's my issue. Is you, you you're shaking your head at me? Tell me With about the it. Titans, though, you stop Henry and they're done. Ryan Tannehill's yeah. not going to win you games. We we saw oh, that when the pressure came on, he he wasn't winning them games. Well, see, I I I am more a guy that's just not big into the Titans defense. Like I, I think that they've made some terrible moves. The the best draft pick they made on defense and move period was drafting. What's his face out of uh, was Mississippi state. Jeff uh, Simmons. Yeah. Yeah. Simmons. Great. That was a great pick, but like drafting uh, God bless the tiny cornerback out of USC. Everybody's so excited around here for him. And he was, he was good last year, but like, who was he? Guarding in most oh, of those, Adoree Jackson, yeah, Adoree, and then signing, signing the God, I'm being terrible with names right now. The ex uh, expatriate to the deal that he uh, had. No, not Van Noy. Who'd they get? No, no, no. The corner. Uh, um, uh, oh, Butler, Malcolm yeah, Butler. Malcolm Butler. Yeah. To be just, fair, to I'm be not fair, worried. You got enough there. information that I'm not going to. Nobody's going to judge you for the names because you nailed yeah. it all. Like you had all the information. Don't I'm worry just, about it. I'm not. I'm not. For me, it is the defense, and you know I'm someone that am a, a huge, huge fan of AJ Brown, and just like Rojo, man, I will not give up on Corey Davis. I hope he lands on another team. Him coming out of college that year, he was easily the best wide receiver in that draft. I thought he was going to be a home run pick when they took him. I was very pissed that they got him, just like I was very pissed when they got AJ Brown. So I hope, hopefully, the Corey Davis stuff happens after he's not a Titan. But um, I just do. You say that, and you know we failed to mention. What if they in text if the Texans throw Duke Johnson in the slot, and then have you know David Johnson out there as an every down back? That offense is is still pretty nice with Deshaun Watson under center. That's true. That's so, true. Um, their offensive line still sucks. That's the problem. Yeah, that's the yeah. issue. That's the big issue. And, and I mean, the no, defense isn't good enough. I don't hear you talk about an offensive line being bad when you're a Colts fan. Yeah, you're not allowed to talk bad about anybody's offensive line. You have <laughs> the best offensive line in the league. That's, that's why that's, I'm allowed to talk about it. The the only reason I would I would side that's, with uh, with Kenneth 
is because they have Watson though. Like he bails them out of so many things. Yeah. And the one person I'll say, I wouldn't even go key, uh, Kuti. I'm going to take Dennis's guy here. Isaiah Coulter would be the guy that I think right is going to take over in the slot. I, I, then, uh, uh, what is, where is he out of the, the small college? I can't remember what Delaware, it is. Rhode Island, Rhode, Rhode Island. Island. Uh, he, I think he's going to end up beating out Kuti for that slot spot. I mean, it, it is going to come down to cooks and see the fuller thing though. You guys keep saying, if he stays healthy for 16 games, you got to limit your expectations. If he stays healthy for like five games, they'll be oh, all stop. right. Because that's, uh, he gets injured too much. I love fuller. I, I'm, I am a yeah, you get one season fan. out of fuller though. But, one season out of fuller will be I, enough. I, I hate fuller anymore. Because he he's got mediocre hands and he can't stay healthy, but I think this is his year. Well, I, I hope so. I, I think uh, gotta beca- hope so. because he's going to get a higher target share. Yeah, and I just think share. that the odds have to be in his favor to stay healthy. What is his ADP right now in a startup? He's probably still like way way oh, undervalued, yeah. even though he's the clear uh, wide receiver one in that offense. Let's I'll see. look at his sleeper ADP. Okay, I was gonna, I was gonna pull it up. Well, while while I, we're pulling up the the ADP, how have uh, how have your rookie drafts been going in the in your in your dynasty leagues? Have there been one player you've tried to get a lot of shares of? You've been mixing it up. I have not had a lot of first round picks. Um, I've, I've traded a lot of those, which was this was not a, a good year not to have a lot of first round picks. Um, so one guy that I've tried to come away from every draft with is uh, McFarland. You know, I think that he's going to have a role for the Steelers. And it's very likely that, you know, James Conner gets injured. Benny Snell's not good at football on, at the, the pro level. So I've been trying to, you know, McFarland's not someone that you've got to spend high draft capital on. Uh, usually you can make some some move somewhere during the rookie draft to get in and grab him before he comes off the board. So I've got a lot of McFarland. Um, I think, you know, in a loaded wide receiver class, um, my favorite receiver – Easily with CD Lamb, uh, I hate that landing spot. Long term, it's going to be great in Dynasty. He's, I think, somebody like Jefferson is going to be somebody that's coming. I have actually a bet with Scott Barrett, uh, with uh, Jalen Rieger against Jefferson, and uh, I took Jefferson as as far as I just think year one, he's going to be someone that you know he's just inheriting a ton of targets with Diggs leaving, and another player that you can probably count on missing a game or two is Adam Thielen. So then, you know, by default, he becomes the number one receiver. And, yeah, I feel you about the, the COVID shit. You know, I, I get you on that. It does look like we are going to have training camp, though. So that's that's changing things a little bit, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, to, the, to that point, there – I mean, Tajay Sharp's another receiver that's free and every. You can get him at the very end of a startup, and he landed in for the Vikings. So if, you know, if you're looking at, well, if, if, if Thielen's going to miss some time – you know, is it going to be Ola B.C. Johnson on the field with Jefferson or is it going to be, um, you know, Tajay Sharp on the field? Sharp was a guy that way outplayed what anyone thought he was capable of doing when he had opportunity in Tennessee. So I'm rooting for that guy because I think, you know, if they would not have made that that terrible pick of Corey Davis in the top five that year, Tajay Sharp would probably be a Titan right now because every time he got on the field, he was a, a, a game changer for them. As much as a – a wide receiver for a team that passes the ball 11 times a game can be a game changer. Right. Were we asking what Will Fuller's ADP was? Yes. It was 71 on sleeper. It's 71. Huh. And is that, that's redra- That's a dynasty startup. That'd be dynasty PPR. Huh. Yeah. That's higher than I expected. Will Fuller. That was higher than I expected too. 
Yeah. What, uh, over what wide receiver is that? Does it show? Uh, it doesn't show. Uh, I could probably figure it out. It's right behind. I'll say if I look at wide receivers, uh, Fuller. It gives me Christian Kirk was the one ahead of him. Oh. Huh. Yeah. What about the who, who's a couple of guys going ahead of him and behind him? I was trying to get this to pull up on mine, but I cannot remember my login information now, and so it's not letting me get on here. I'm working on that right now. Right, so All right. Will Fuller's going on the Dynasty Trade Calculator ADP. He's going as wide receiver 34 at, uh, I think about. Uh, wide receiver what? 34. Wow. Behind cool. Golden Tate. Yeah, I'm seeing Christian Kirk, Michael Gallup, Devontae Parker, Adam Thielen. Justin Jefferson, Tyler Lockett, Jalen Rager, Jarvis Landry, Tyler Boyd. That's the order in reverse. So I probably want all of those guys before Fuller, except for um, you said like two names. I was like, oh, I'd take him before. Them. Oh, like Thielen. I'd, Gallup, I'd Thielen, Jefferson, Lockett, Rager, Landry. Land, Landry and Thielen. I would take Fuller before those guys. I think all those other guys I would probably take before Fuller. Okay. And Gallup, I think Gallup. I think Gallup and Lamb are probably going to be the two guys that stick around in Dallas long term. After they, Fuller was Marquise Brown, Ruggs, Harry, Mike Williams, oh, T.Y. Hilton. Those are two guys too that I'm targeting a ton this offseason is Hollywood and and uh, Nikhil Harry. You know, everybody's excited about the Brennan Ayuk pick or whatever, but people fail to realize that he didn't. He wasn't a thing in college football until that team didn't have Nikhil Harry anymore. Um, you know, and hopefully, you know, him and Stidham, hopefully they have some type of connection from, you know, you know, because I'm sure they were practicing a lot together when he was coming back from injury last year. But uh, he's he's another guy that's, he's, yeah. I think, being drafted later than what he should be for a guy that, that they I put agree. a lot of equity in. I, I've been rebuffed on my uh, attempts to acquire Nikhil Harry. Oh, yeah. So apparently, uh, you know, I must be making terrible offers because I'm not getting counters. So when I hear when I hear a whole lot of negative talk out there about him, I'm like, well, I'm going to make some low yeah, yeah, yeah. offers and see <laughs> see if I can get the conversation started. But not even getting it started. I'm not trying too terribly hard. It's not like, well, I got to get this guy. I'll throw out there, man. Stidham sucks. You want to trade Harry? <laughs> I'll yeah, say I'll that. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I was just going to make a joke about how bad I think Nikhil Harry is. So go ahead. I'll, I'll <laughs> say just on the note of, you know, we were talking about uh, a dynasty startup and like usually my strategy approaching that. I did this, uh, this draft this year with uh, Siege. It was just like invitational. Um, I mean, there were a lot of sharp people and the Elliot's in this league, uh, Siege in this league. Uh, you got Scott Barrett in this league, Danny Kelly a lot of sharp people in this industry and the again ppr dynasty startup my receivers Devonte adams robbie anderson obj tyler boyd brandon cooks corey davis devin funchess um alshon jeffrey david moore uh alan robinson tajay sharks juju oh. it's like i just wow I, i'm not i'm not spending high draft equity on a running back when you can just load up a team like that because the odds are 
you know, you're looking at a situation like you are right now with Devontae Freedom, Freeman, where he plays really well. And then after a few years, you're just like, well, he's not worth anything on my team anymore. Um, yeah. That's and and you have all these running backs still that I think that, you know, if something happens to Chubb and Kareem Hunt is a is is a a, win, a league winner and and somebody that probably winds up on a different team next year is an every down player again because yeah you're right that damn good yeah you're right don't don't put that evil on me man I need Nick Chubb to have a great year I own him way too many places if the Browns are going to do anything this year I need I need Chubb so let, let's not let's not throw that out there let's not speak that into existence please it'll it'll make me very sad well the bad news is I just ordered a, a push. Just ordered a Chubb jersey. Son of a bitch. All right, I'm going to start selling. Anybody who's watching, I'm selling Chubb. Come at me. Bring, bring the offers. Bring the offers. Right, I was trying to pull up something on uh, on Chark here really quick. So Chark finished last year in full-point PPR leagues as, as wide receiver 18. Obviously uh, got hurt, missed, uh, missed a game in between there. I think it kind of affected him too. Is he scored double digits in every single game outside of one uh, before the injury. How high do you think Chark can rise up this year? I don't know, man. Like, uh, I definitely feel like they're going to be throwing the ball a lot more than they, you know, than they've been before. But at the same time, there's the line of thinking: Are they just going to run Fournette into the ground while they've got him? Um, they, they, the, the chatter was very real about them trying to move him to Tampa Bay during the draft. Like that was, that was almost a done deal. Um, which, you know, as as someone that thinks he's been a very overvalued player since being in the league. Fournette is a really good dude. So it's like I was I was hoping that that happened for him, that he could go and, and have a shot at winning a Super Bowl. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't own a lot of Shark. I believe in the dude, you know, because he's an LSU receiver, and somehow LSU receivers were always awesome without having a quarterback uh, until this last year, and they finally get a quarterback. And they're like, oh, they finally get a quarterback, and they win the national championship, and their quarterback breaks all these records. Right. Go figure. Um, so – I, I don't know. Like, I think he's, I think it's real. Um, you know, they need someone to step up. You know, Didi was supposed to be the guy for us, not Chark. Uh, they, they like Chark a lot, but, you know, Didi was the guy they thought would be the T.Y. Hilton for our team. Coming out of Oklahoma, he was the best receiver in college football his, what, sophomore year, I believe. Um, it's not over. That's not over. That's not uh, over. I mean, it's that, that's what sucks, though, is like all of their best receivers right now are best out of the slot, <laughs> like every, except for Conley. And then, you know, Conley is not exactly a spring chicken anymore. So um, I, I hope the DD, I hope it happens. But I mean, Shark clearly outplayed him every game last season. There were, there were so many times last season where DD was underpriced in DFS. And I was like, oh, I'm going to load up on DD because the Shark thing, variance is going to hit. It can't continue. And then lo and behold, DD, uh, you know, finishes with eight targets and like two catches for 22 yards. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. You said he finished where last year? Wide receiver what? Eighteen, and that was with the. So as I said, I, I look. I was looking at it here. I'll pull it right back up. So I mean, literally double digit games. His worst double digit game was 10, 30, 10, 10. 3 in in full point PBRs. He had. I mean, every it was all twenties. A couple thirty games in there, and then after the injury, though, he had that three point eight and a seven point four game. So I'm assuming that. A lot of that, I think, had to do with the injury, and he missed that uh, game. That's only through sixteen as well. I don't, I don't count week seventeen. Oh, yeah, so he I don't, definitely I don't changed him up. But I mean, still not he, bad. He proved before the injury, obviously, like, all right, this guy to the to the organization, like, this is a guy we want to protect. So, I mean, you're right yeah. there. Like, he after the injury, they're just like, well, we're not going to get this guy, you know, 
hurt in typical Jaguar fashion. I, I don't think, I don't think he, I think that's probably his ceiling. You know, um, I don't, I don't expect him. I probably, I would say he'd probably be right around there again this year. I mean, okay. the thing is the yardage and everything can go up. But from what I remember, he had a shit ton of touchdowns last yeah, year. To he, where yeah. The touchdowns got yeah. a lot. Caught like yeah, every, so- every touchdown, I think for us almost, you know, and they, you know, we got Gruden now as the OC and probably our head coach soon enough. Um, I think, I think that he's going to utilize a lot of Tyler Eifert. I think that, you know, Josh Oliver's hopefully going to become the tight end that they drafted him to be. Um, you know, I, I don't think that he loves Chark, which is great. You know, hopefully he does use him like an A.J. Green, but uh, I don't know. I, he's not someone that uh, right now I would be, like, going after. There's There are a lot of receivers probably being drafted around him that I'd rather have than him, and maybe that's just because I don't want to, you know, <laughs> I don't want to jinx him as a Jaguars fan. Well, I can tell you, I know the guy sitting below me here is still on that DD. Like me and you were on that ro- uh, Rojo train until it comes off the tracks. That guy's on that DD Westbrook train until it comes off the tracks. Yeah, like, yeah. I've cooled my expectations substantially, <laughs> though. Uh, he's, I, he's, he's got some dog in him, man, and he's he's a fighter. But I don't know. He's just he's just not putting it together. We'll have to wait for that Devontae Parker fourth-year breakout. Yeah, yeah, there we go. And, I mean, it, it could – you know, the, the unfortunate thing is – the, the Parker breakout was definitely a, a part of that was just being force fed the ball and they don't right. have to do that right now with, with Chark. Uh, but I definitely think that I could see him just landing in a better system with a better coach and, and being the player that he was supposed to be. That's so Jaguars. So that's probably exactly going to be what happens next season. That is so Jaguars. So I, I've got to ask you, you clearly know, what you're talking about with a lot of the things that you you've uh, you've brought up, a lot of the stats and, and the players you've mentioned. What I've been most impressed with this may just be the the studying you do once they're in the NFL is the college talk that you're talking about. Do you watch a lot of college football? A fucking of course not, dude. I just told you I'm a Vanderbilt Commodores fan, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I'm impressed by your most people when they come on here and they talk, they can't tell you like where guys went to school and stuff like that. So I, no, I, 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 I like, it's 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 interesting to hear. I, I love college football, so that's all I was asking. Dynasty football, starting in, in dynasty leagues, definitely you know made me because a lot of the guys that I started playing in these leagues with, a lot of my buddies and shit, they're not used to studying prospects beyond UT or their favorite team. So that's where the edge was was to be like, all right, I'm just gonna you know spend. Oh, cool, my team's doing well during the regular season. I'm gonna focus on this next draft class. I've got a couple guys I can move because and you guys know this fish in, that are new to dynasty. A lot of times those picks don't mean anything to them Um, and you can acquire them very easily. Thankfully, you know, it's a lot more fun. I can say honestly playing with guys that know what they're doing because you start, you know, it it just makes you a better player as well. But uh, I mean, it's, we live in the age of information and with what fantasy football has become in the Twitter sphere and, and, you know, all the great analysts out there, I would definitely say that I let them do a lot of the work and heavy lifting and, and just do my studying beyond that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, dude, I, you know, I, I love football more than I love music. And, um, I mean, that's, that's, that's the truth. So it's like a lot of my free time is spent just on football and, and, you know, getting better at noticing traits when watching film. And, and you guys mentioned the Elliot episode that we did of two in the bank. And that's something we both, you know, spoke to, obviously he's a wizard with watching film. So, uh, I just, same way I've always been with music. I just I try to learn, you know, from my peers and, and people that I feel that are 
are better than me in this industry and like, all right, how can I, how can I get better? And, you know, not to, not to brag, but playing with some of these dudes that I, I did look up to in this industry and then taking their money at the end of the season in these dynasty leagues, that's a, it's a big nice. boost to ego there. So yeah, then it's very then satisfying. Find, then you find more time to, to put into studying and, and getting better at that. So, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, a uh, if you want to be a good at anything, you got to put the work in and, uh, you know, it's not it's not difficult to to go and look up an incoming class and and to just put the work in and find out. Well, all right, right, you know. And but then you have shit like Chenault this year, um, where it's just like, all right, well, who's this guy going to be? Because hopefully uh, he's the guy that he was two seasons ago in college football, and not not the guy he you know was because of injuries. My, the worst dude with that pick because I loved the pick because wow. I was like, oh, cool, they. they you know, they uh, honestly on over CJ Henderson, I wanted them to take a receiver um, in the first round when they didn't. And we got Chenault and especially when they were like, he was a guy that we had as our second first round pick. I was like, cool. They, you go and get your guy. And then all the comps, the Cordero Patterson come out and you're just like, that's not, you don't spend a, a second round pick on a guy that you're like, hopefully he can be like Cordero Patterson. You want that guy to come on there, come on there and like, know to be a dude that elevates shark and the entire offense around him and i i just i the quarter old patterson and goddamn denard robinson is all like i can that's all i can think of right now is just like oh my god <laughs> they're just they're gonna find a way to screw this up well the one thing i'll say for chanel I, I did his his rookie profile for the dynasty nerds website that mm-hmm. that Dennis, uh, that runs over there and uh I don't think that that's a fair comp to make. I think they're doing that because he's a little bit raw at receiver and they can use him at running back and all that stuff, but he's a much – he's not as fast as Patterson, but he's a much better athlete in my opinion. I think he's going to be – if used right, and I think Jay Gruden's a smart enough offensive mind that they will use him right, I think he's actually going to be a sneaky – I don't think he's going to be a wide receiver one or anything like that, but I could see him end up being a low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three if used the right way. It's the injuries that are going to hold him back more than anything else. But I, I like Chenault. I think he's a he's a very good prospect. Very good. Prospect. Well, and, and they didn't spend first round capital on him yeah. like that, like they did on Patterson, Minnesota. Yeah. So you got that going for you, yeah, Minnesota. <laughs> I forget they took him in the, as a first runner because they took a uh, Treadwell was also a first runner, right? He was a high high end first runner, wasn't he? Who was that? Laquan Treadwell. Yeah, I think he both of them. Actually, wasn't Patterson? I know Treadwell was a top 10 pick. Wasn't Patterson a top 10 pick as Uh, well? Patterson went 29. 29? Okay. And then they get. And then they get, you know, the guy they hit on is is a dude that was undrafted free agent. Well, and then and Diggs, I think, is the best route runner in football. Uh, I agree with that. Thank you. I'm so happy to hear you say that. Thank you. (laughs) You know, I think the most. you. You know, I think could. I could go on about this shit all day, man. I think one guy that should be unleashed and just put on a team that uses him to his, his best abilities and is right up there with Diggs and his route running is Curtis Samuel. And it just hasn't happened yet oh, in I Carolina. And like, I love dude, that call. When they started talking about him being on the trade block, I was like, please, please trade him. Everyone thinks that I get it. Like that offense is sexy, but like Teddy is Teddy at this point, man. Like I, I was the biggest Bridgewater fan coming out of Louisville. I wanted him in Jacksonville. Also, I can go find all the Lamar Jacksonville tweets that I had when he was in college football as well. Um, but you know, I mean, that gruesome injury he had. He he was very overrated last year in in New Orleans. I mean, he has Sean Payton. People forget what, what he looked like the year before in New Orleans. It wasn't like you guys remember when uh, Michael Thomas was trying to break Colston's record. 
and yeah. he goes out there the last game of the season and had to play for like almost four in a meaningless game, had to play almost four entire quarters to get like 30 yards from Bridgewater. And he was peppered in targets. And it's just like Teddy's Teddy's not like a downfield thrower. And, you know, you that's everyone's like, well, they added Robbie. They've already got DJ. You know, they've got Samuel. And it's like, well, not all these guys can feast with Teddy Bridgewater yeah, as their quarterback. Yeah. McCaffrey will. Oh, yeah. McCaffrey will. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. I have 1,500 yards receiving this year. I'm here for it. Man, one of the ball blast girls posted today if you took away his yards after the catch, uh, I guess McCaffrey only had eight yards receiving. Like it was like five or eight. Yeah, it was nothing. The rest of it was all after the catch. Wow. You know, and this this might upset you being a Jaguars fan, but I hated when they took Fournette over CMC. I feel like that's gonna upset me. How do you think I felt? Yeah, well, that's what I was saying. Like, there was so, but there were so many people. Everybody kind of forgets, right? It's like the revisionist history because of how good CMC has been. Everybody forgets what Leonard Fournette was. But I, I don't know. So I guess you were right there with me. I was so oh. worried about Fournette's ankle injury. I was like, you uh, seems the guy, and I was through, so surprised that they did. CMC, dude. Yeah. That that draft was I wanted Watson, and then we could have gotten Kamara in the third round. That changes everything. You go in the second round and you know you miss on on tackle like we did, but still the third round you go and get Kamara and like I was yeah. beating the drum. I was like, this guy's going to be a badass in the NFL. Like if yeah, he's used correctly, um, you probably saw that too with with being there in Nashville. Yeah, he was, exactly. He was left behind at UT. Everybody kind of forgets that yep. he was there. But, hey, I hear you on Watson because the Browns traded out of that pick to the Texans to give him that. And I was like, no, wait, what's what's wait, what's going on? So, yeah, oh, I, yeah I'm right there with you. I'm passing on Watson. They've, on uh, Watson. they've never – they've never literally – I mean, the year we got Jalen and Miles in the first round – or is the only year that I've like liked or like loved our draft. Like I'm hoping Henderson, like and Chase Hahn, like I'm I'm hoping those picks hit. But like I think that they they made it clear that they're trying to take guys like you know I heard I forget which podcast I was listening to that said this, but like Derek Brown is probably arguably a more like sure thing than yeah. Henderson. But if Henderson hits that's a more important piece to your defense than what Derrick Brown would be. So it's like they went out and they just made a lot of gambles this year, which is that smart. Who knows? But if, you know, if, if they can replace Ngakwe, you know, with Chase on and, and Henderson hits, then it's like, cool. All right. You're going into next season with two more first round picks. What can you do? I'm just, I'm just so used to being sad as a Jaguars fan. And I'm not, I'm not, yeah. I'm not holding my breath, man. Yeah, I, I, I like both their picks, too. I, I think Chason could. I don't know if he'll be in Gakway, but I think he could oh. be really good. And Henderson, you're right. He has the he has the shutdown corner potential. He has the potential to yeah. beat Jalen Ramsey. He's just got to get there. That That's going to be his thing. But I, I like both their picks. I, I I think it's been good. So do we want to talk music now, or do we want to keep talking fantasy football? It's completely up to you. Oh, we can keep talking football. What else do you want to know? <laughs> well, I'm saying – no, I mean it's, it's whatever, man. I'm the guest. I'm your guest here. Whatever you want to ask, Tony, Dennis. You guys want to ask? And I feel like I've been I've been peppering him with a whole bunch of questions. You guys, anything you want to talk about? Talk to him about? Well, I mean, you, you have ahead, on the list ahead. here uh, who your bold who's who's your bold call. Uh, so how how about we we can go around the table? We'll start with you, Nixon. Who's your bold call this season? One guy you're planting your flag on? 
My, I mean, I, I would say A-Rob uh, being a, a top five receiver, Adams being the number one receiver, and I'll, I'll hit at it from uh, from a running back perspective. I think I think Mixon, for some reason, is still way un- undervalued right now. And I get it, people are worried about a holdout, and that's maybe a real thing to be worried about. Um, but, dude, in that offense with a, a good quarterback now um, – you know, hopefully AJ Green healthy. You know, all the additions they made, they they went out and spent big in free agency on defense. So they're probably going to want to lean on him when they've got the game in hand. Um, I mean, look what he's done. He was he's he's a stud. Uh, I remember coming out of you know out of that draft. Obviously, he fell uh, for good reason because what happened you know in college. But um, I, I love mixing this year, and and I still think and to that same point. I think I will have and redraft and dynasty startup everywhere. I will end up with a lot more David Montgomery than Miles Sanders this year because the threat of Peterson just being a donkey and using 72 different running backs and killing Miles Sanders is a real threat to to his value, especially where he's going now. Do you have a, you a quarterback that you're a, you have a sleeper on or you're a sleeper or not sleeper, uh, a bold call on? Um, I mean, I, I would say that. I, I mean, I just don't. I think Jimmy G is probably the most, most overrated quarterback in in the league right now. Uh, I think that team would win so many more games uh, with a more capable quarterback. Um, let me think. Who are some of the who moved around this year? I feel like there's one. Uh, was it? Yeah, Rivers went to Indy. Who else moved? Bridgewater. You can see. Uh, Bridgewater moved. We could see uh, good old PJ from the XFL end up yeah, end okay. up end up replacing Teddy out in our, Carolina. Our, our other co-hosts would be sign off on that big time. He thinks <laughs> yeah. Walker Walker is the better quarterback over. Oh, uh, absolutely, yeah. him and his fifty four his fifty four percent completion rate. <laughs> I mean, I'll say Minshew. I'll, like Minshew's a guy that I'm I'm like I'm not just being a homer. Like he's they're gonna. I mean, they've got Dobbs and Glennon behind him, dude. His job's safe. Yeah. Yeah, there, he's going to go out there and throw the ball a shit ton, and he is free right now. And he has one of the like schedule adjusted. Uh, he's got one of the the easiest schedules in the league this year for a quarterback. So I, I like I like Minshew a lot, and that's not just me being a homer. Like I think you know if you can see him, especially oh yeah, again let's talk about Gruden being his OC and look what Gruden's done for yeah. quarterback quarterbacks their entire career. So um, yeah, I mean I, I I'll go with Minshew as the quarterback call. There's our other co-host jumping in there talking nice. about PJ being the man. Yeah, he, nice. uh, he's a, he's a huge PJ fan. Uh, Anthony, what I I, I interrupted you and I apologize. What was your question you wanted to ask? I didn't have a question. I wanted to piggyback uh, right off of him. And uh, Alan Robinson is far and away one of my favorite values of this draft class. When when we look at like I just did a dynasty startup where Alan Robinson was drafted in the third, and he might have been the fourth round. I drafted him. And it was right at the turn. So call it the third or the fourth. It doesn't matter. Allen Robinson profiles to be a top 12 wide receiver. I mean, he's the best option, the most elite option. And and he's now a full year recovered from an ACL injury. So wait, let me understand this. He tore his ACL in Jacksonville, and then he went to Chicago the year after that. Is that correct? Yes, he played two seasons in Chicago. And so his second season in Chicago was last year. Yep, yep. 
I think Allen Robinson's a top 12 wide receiver. I think he's going to do the same thing he did last year, if not more. And honestly, I like Nick Foles a whole lot more than I like uh, Mr. Trubisky for for Allen Robinson's purposes. There's not a lot of – they didn't draft anybody. There's nobody taking away targets. I mean, the situation is still the same. I got it. Well, I, I think Anthony Miller uh, could take that next step. I, I To your point, though, I got – in that startup league I was talking about a second ago, I, I got him at 411. Yeah, people also no forget he's still young. He's not old. He's like 24 years old. 25, maybe 25 now. Yeah, he's not He's not old. And he's, he's going to end up – the football gods are going to have mercy on him, and he's going to end up with a good quarterback at some point. And, some point. and we're going to finally see him be the best receiver in football. <laughs> no, probably not with the Bears, by the way. No, no, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we, we, Sorry. we actually Sorry, we, we did a, a Bears preview show earlier, and that's what we were talking because I thought Robinson was much older than he was. I thought he was closer to 30, and then Dennis pointed out. He's like, no, he's like 26 years old. It's like, yeah. my God. And that poor guy has never, as you just mentioned, had a good quarterback. Just imagine yeah. what he could be if he had some imagine. the ball. Uh, so, Tony, give us your last uh, – your bold call at uh, running back and quarterback real quick. Oh, running back. Ah, uh, shit. So, quarterback is Tannehill's due for major regression based off what expectations are. Um, well, when I looked back at A.J. Brown, like I wanted to make an argument that A.J. Brown's not elite. And so I looked at A.J. Brown and Ryan Tannehill's stats together. And what I found was A.J. Brown is elite and Ryan Tannehill is a game manager. That's kind of what I found when I looked at the at the statistics. So A.J. Brown's going to be overvalued. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ryan Tannehill is going to be overdrafted. And I, I don't think that he performs to, to where he's drafted at. So that's my quarterback. And then at, at running back, it gets more difficult because there's so many changes. Um, yeah. I mean, it gets so much more difficult. I think that... Uh, I struggled because there's so many things like all these. I think about David Johnson. I think about uh, Todd Gurley. I think about Le'Veon Bell. I mean, there's a bunch of running backs in here that I think are all being grossly undervalued because they have a safe floor. I guess if I had a, if I had to put it in a, in, a, in one like thing, it would be that it's okay to wait for your running back, your second running back. It's okay to wait because there's a, there's plenty of running back twos with running back one upside. I can't name one. I mean, I can't name one. Le- Leonard Fournette's falling too far. He's just he's just falling way too far. Um, Todd Gurley. I just named them all. I'm not. Gonna I, name I would them rather all have. I'd rather have both Gurley and DJ than Fournette. Like, I think, I think that we've seen the most opportunity that Fournette's going to get in Jacksonville last year, and with with the touchdowns just never happening. Um, I think they're gonna they're gonna try to see what they have uh, in Armstead, and I, I think Chris Thompson's gonna have a real role yeah. on that team too because he's he's a, one of Gruden's homeboys. So I think you know I think he's gonna have a real a real role. Um, you know I, I want to hear though where where the hell why don't you sit here and sort this out for us with Marlon Mack? What's what's gonna happen with him? Well, actually, let's save yeah. that. I'm about to talk to Marlon Mack. I, I want to jump on Chris Thompson. I agree. And that's where I, I don't think Leonard Fournette is, is going to be as good because he got the 70 catches last year. And as you mentioned, he really just doesn't seem to score touchdowns. I think Chris Thompson, while he's healthy, because we know he struggles with injuries as well, he, he's really going to be used as that PPR back. 
Uh, so my bold calls, I'm going to double up on on my Browns here. I think Baker and Odell, as you were mentioned earlier too, Nixon, I think they're going to have huge bounce-back seasons. I mean, Odell still went for over 1,000 yards last year, only getting tar- or only getting 77 catches, I know. And the four touchdowns while injured with the hip flexor and the groin um, uh, issue or the whatever, it's the core muscle injury that he had. It's the only time that he's played almost the entire season and, and not caught over 100 balls. I think he's in for a huge year. This year, and in that, I think Baker's coming as well. And the Marlon Mack thing, my bold call is I think Jonathan Taylor is going to finish in the top 14 at running back for fantasy this year because I think he is such a good running back. He is the best pure runner that came out in this draft class. I think he is heads above Marlon Mack. He is going to relegate Marlon Mack to like a 20% timeshare. I think Jonathan Taylor is the back to own. No, he's not that great at catching the ball, but he's such a good runner. And behind that offensive line, they don't need to dump the ball down to him. All Phillip Rivers has to do is hand him the ball. Jonathan Taylor is going to eat. So that's my bold call running back. Now, I, I, don't, I don't know that Taylor is not a good pass-catching running back. I mean, he caught 20 more passes yeah. in his college See, career than Melvin Gordon did. Let me, but let me you, Dennis. that because I didn't get to do this on the last episode, so I'm going to do it now. It's because they – made it a point to do that last year at Wisconsin. He came out and said, hey, I want to catch the ball. I don't care he why. the point to feed him the ball. You can throw me behind why. an offensive line and throw me the ball 10 times if I catch it 10 times. It doesn't make me a good receiver. If you go you back catch it 10 times tape, or you don't catch it 10 times. I don't care watch why. Watch the tape, like Nixon talked about earlier. You got to go back and watch the tape. There was a lot of passes that were easy passes, easy dumb balls that Taylor dropped. And in certain situations, just like Dennis, I know you watched the Ohio State game, like that pass that Dobbins dropped that he should have caught. There's certain guys that, yeah, he can catch the ball when it's a nice little dump-off pass, but when it's that wheel route and they throw it up and he's got to catch it over his shoulder to make a big play, Taylor wasn't making those plays. He was making the easy catches. So he is not a great receiver. I'm not saying he can't become a great receiver. As you just mentioned, look at Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon was not a good receiver coming out of Wisconsin. He turned that around with the Chargers. Taylor can still do it. Story's not written on him, but I don't think he's a good receiver right now. Not saying he can't become one. He's just not right now, in my opinion. Do you know who doesn't care about whether a player was good or not at catching balls out of the backfield in college? Indianapolis Indianapolis Colts, because Marlon Mack was especially good at catching the ball out of the backfield in college, and they refuse to pass the ball to Marlon Mack. And that's the thing for me is like, you know, you or is is this coach speak where they're saying, "All right, that's a real one-one punch for us." No. Or okay, no. so it, is I just I don't feel like Naheem Hines deserves a role then if if they think they have something with Mac and Taylor. People forget they went into Kansas City against Mahomes yeah. and yeah. beat them because of Marlon Mack last year. Yeah, Some of the Mack. best, the prettiest running. I saw all season last year was in that game from him. And I, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just get so excited. I'm so worked <laughs> up about it. Naeem uh, Hines is going to be one of the better punt returners in the league. He's going to be one of the better kick returners in the league. You're absolutely right. Jonathan Taylor, I was just talking to somebody about this literally an hour before we started recording. I had somebody in my backyard, and we were talking about Naeem Hines. And I said, I am very worried that Naeem Hines is being relegated down to five touches a game, four mm-hmm. touches a game. I mean, that's a real opportunity because Marlon Mack's not going to be cast aside. They're not done with Marlon Mack. He didn't do anything wrong. He was, what was he a thousand yard back last year? Uh, uh, I don't know. I can look really quick. Will you look it up? I think he was. And if he wasn't, he was really, really close to it. I mean, multiple years 
the Colts running game has been successful with Marlon Mack, I don't think they're going to just cast him away. They're not done with Marlon Mack. Jonathan Taylor yeah. is a better talent. Jonathan Mack Taylor's... had 1,100 yards in tw- uh, 14 games. Thank you. And then Marlon Mack. Jonathan Taylor's better than Marlon Mack in every single asset of football. And so what I expect to happen is I expect Marlon Mack to dominate early season touches like weeks one through six. It's Marlon Mack, Marlon Mack, Marlon Mack. Now you get a taste of Jonathan Taylor. And every time Jonathan Taylor touches the ball, we're going to be like, why the fuck isn't Jonathan Taylor only touching the ball? Like, why are you even giving the ball to Marlon Mack? Oh, it's like David Johnson here. Yes, it's exactly like that. Yes, yeah, because exactly you remember that, that he was he was housing kickoff returns, and everybody's like, "Why the hell won't Arians put this dude in?" Uh, it was yes, Andre Ellington, exactly right? right? Wasn't that the other right? right. Andre had? Ellington, yes, it's exactly Hall of right. Famer Andre Ellington. To, to and be then, fair, I was a believer in him as well. That was that's like <laughs> CJ Spiller for me, where I was like, "Oh, he's gonna be the next Spiller," and that he was. And I think it's all to sh- what they're gonna. The Colts are generous enough to showcase Marlon Mack to use him to win a few games to give him an opportunity to go sign with another team and then moving forward, it's Jonathan Taylor. Marlon Mack won't be with the Colts in 2021. So I agree that I was going to make the Browns comparison with that, with Carlos Hyde and Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb's rookie year. When they, when they gave Nick Chubb the ball, he clearly looked like the better back than Carlos Hyde. I I don't disagree. I think that's what they're going to do. They'll give Marlon Mack some carries to be able to then trade him to get some draft capital back. And it's going to be all. If if they're feeding him, I don't think it's, for the off season, I think they're going to be like, "Well, can we get something from a team?" That's fair. That's like, fair enough. Like Tampa Bay or a team like the Patriots or maybe Pittsburgh. He's, in, in my opinion, better than every running back that all three of those teams have right now. Yeah, um, and you know someone's going to suffer an injury too, so then yeah, that yeah. that opens the market up even more. All right, Dennis, what about yours? You're the other one who hasn't given any bold calls yet. Well, you know, I was trying to avoid it. <laughs> no, I, I'm uh, you know, I'm big on Cortland Sutton this year. I think Sutton's going to be top five, top top six. Uh, he's currently going uh, around wide receivers fourteen, I think fifteen. Uh, I actually just took him in a a, a best ball draft uh, as wide receiver sixteen in the third round, fourth round actually. Let me take that. Yeah, fourth round, wide receiver sixteen. I'm like, how can Cortland Sutton still be there? Yeah, uh, it was crazy. Uh, I think too, if I'm looking to stack a couple players, I, I'm looking at Galladay and Stafford. I think Stafford, uh, he's somebody coming off an injury. If I'm playing dynasty and I need a second quarterback, I might be trying to grab him because I think he's going to put up QB one numbers and Galladay has just shown he gets the job done. And when Melvin or Melvin Marvin Jones is, healthy they have a great one-two punch and it's going to give uh stafford a really nice set of weapons to uh to work with Uh, i just think galladay gets the touchdowns except there'll be one game marvin has four touchdowns (laughs) he's got to get that one i I saw it forgot who it was that put out something about his profile recently though that scares me a little bit as somebody that has been a huge golly fan is he he's just not as still elite of a separator as as marvin is and um no marvin's definitely faster and can a little more he's got some more shake to him and to that point though when you were asking me i can't believe i didn't say stafford like as my qb like one one million percent i I got an argument the other day with someone on twitter and they said that he's the most overrated quarterback i was like what 
He's the most. He's somehow still the most underrated quarterback yeah, in yeah. football. Underrated. Like yeah. he's he's one of those guys. Like I, I know. I hope I don't jinx you as a as a Lions fan here, but I I just feel like he's one of those guys where he could have been on one of these teams that you know their quarterback play is always what kept them from going to that next level. And in Detroit, that was never – it wasn't the quarterback play. It was everything else right. that kept them from going to the next level. And I just I really hope it's not too late at this point, you know, with the injuries. Uh, I hope we see at least another good three seasons out of him. I, I love Stafford. And I love the Galladay call um, and the Sutton call. I, right there with you, I looked up as soon as you said that where I just got him. And I, I will say, though, I don't know how – Bold of a call, maybe it's bold because a lot of people are scared of him now because of Judy and which you know we do that in Dynasty every year. And on that episode with Elliot, we Proctor and I made fun of this very thing. But like you know, somebody like Judy gets drafted to Denver and everybody starts freaking out about Sutton. It's like yo, we've seen Sutton be the alpha dog already, right? Like there's that's, he's there's, not just gonna give that job away. He doesn't yeah. have to prove himself. He's he's get, he is the man there until right. Judy just takes it from him. Hopefully. Hopefully it doesn't become that, but to that but, point, but if I've Judy takes trying- it from him, but if Judy takes it from him, why can't that system like why can't they? They're not mutually exclusive. Like, no. like look, look Cor- at Green Bay. Sutton can be great, and Jerry Judy can also be yeah, great. Like exactly. we can have two. Like it's possible, and with no. and in that offense, with I mean, we don't. The question is Drew Locke. Yep. What do you think about Drew Locke? I, I, I worry for everyone in that offense. I like to that point about Sutton is like. I have been trying, and it's not because of Judy. Um, I have been trying to load up on A Rob everywhere that I don't have him. That mm-hmm. I've been offering Sutton and trying to get A Rob in a piece, you know, A Rob and something. Oh, and wow. I'm getting getting denied everywhere, you know. And I'm using it as well. A Rob or Sutton has only been playing this long, and and their rebuttal every time is yeah, but now they got Judy. So I look like the guy that's scared of Judy, and it's like I'm not scared of Judy. If any, if anything, Noah Font is the one that's hurt from that draft class, um, you know, and like, and then that, you know, again, I think another bold call is TJ Hawkinson. I think it should be the beast that everyone thought he was. He was one of the best tight end prospects that have come out in a long ass time. Like um, so I, I think that hurts Noah. Um, I don't understand the pick of, of Locke's tight end from college. That was a, a head scratcher to me. Wasn't it though? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I hope Locke can be that guy. It would be nice to see as someone that thinks always a donkey. It would be nice to see him actually hit on a quarterback finally after he took a swing and a miss so many times. But uh, he finally yeah, got Peyton. Come on, come on. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. And, then, and then like used everyone else though as the reason that they won and not Peyton, which was right. fair. The year they finally won the Super Bowl, Peyton was trash that year. But, Do you remember like, the death ball? Do you remember the ball? Oh, Do you remember yeah. it? Yes, it was dude. like. I could yes. throw that ball, but like to 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 especially with how Gase was the guy that everyone like elevated because of those right. years of Peyton. And you look at Gase now, and you're like, what? Yeah, okay. what? Like, how many Super Bowls could Peyton have won in Denver if he didn't have Gase as his OC? Which I mean, Gase was probably just holding the the chart, and I'm sure Peyton was running the show there, right? Well, I think from a tight end standpoint, if I'm going to make a bold call, I think the tight end to own in Cleveland is David Njoku. He's going to outscore Hooper. I guess who's going to outscore them both? 
Oh, the yeah. guy that replaced the Cooper in Atlanta. In Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. I mean, right. Oh, yeah. Hayden Hurst is going to have a great year. He's going to be a beast down there, man. The, just the, the opportunity that's there for him. And, and, again, it's like people are just completely overlooking that. It's like look at the targets that are there for him to inherit now. It's very condensed in that offense to where the ball's going to go, which is another reason why I fucking love Calvin Ridley. But I think everyone in the industry loves Calvin Ridley this year uh, because we know that Julio, as sad as is, his his best days are you know probably starting to be in the rearview mirror now. Yeah. But uh, he'll he'll only have twelve hundred yards this year. Yeah, that's yeah, good. right. That's no, I'm not saying he's instead I'm not saying of seventeen. Wait a minute. I'm saying Ridley is is I think also going to be a thousand yard receiver and and yeah like he's he's just the guy that is going to start to take over eventually sooner than later there I don't Julio is is probably my favorite football player of all time so it definitely saddened me to say that yeah I I wouldn't be surprised in Cleveland if Hooper actually catches more passes than Njoku I just think Njoku will have more yards and more touchdowns and yeah uh, I mean I, he's I, I just like a that. lot more athletic. I call a lot. I'll say the one guy in that offense that I won't have anywhere, and it, it hurt me last year. But I won't. I mean, I, I just don't think Jarvis Landry can keep doing what he did. Yeah. Um, you know, at some at some point, the it it has to to change there. And I think that if if OBJ is supposed to be the savior, this has got to be the year, right? OBJ may be the savior, but Jarvis is the safety. I mean, yeah, for sure. He's the, he 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 he's not gonna. He he's still gonna get a lot of targets. He's not gonna get the yardage. He 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 just that's not his game. But he's a baller. He's gonna be out there. He's gonna be fighting. He's gonna he's gonna get the first downs in point point per first down leagues. Jarvis Landry, that's your dude. Dude, how many touchdowns did he have last year? I feel like he was the one catching every damn touchdown as well. Yeah, he's I mean, he's he's Baker's safety blanket, as Dennis was just saying. It's it's crazy how people underestimate him. I mean, he he finished so he finished his wide receiver twelve last year in full point PBRs. He had six touchdowns last year, but he had almost twelve hundred yards on eighty three catches. It's just I, I think the difference, and I do agree with you. I think he will take a step back this year. I think the reason he was so good last year is because he already had that chemistry with Baker. And we saw Odell because he missed all the preseason stuff, all the training camp stuff. He didn't really get that time. Now, the bad part about that is, too, is as Tony was mentioned earlier, with COVID-19, we know that they're going to open some kind of training camps, but how? what will they be doing? Will they actually be running full drills and all that stuff? So will Baker and Odell still get to work on that chemistry? Because I think that's going to be the biggest thing for those guys. They just they don't have the chemistry that Baker and Landry had from playing that whole year together in his rookie season. Yeah, Landry had his highest yards per catch last season by two yep. full yards. <laughs> well, you know, he just he, yeah, I, I don't know. All right. well, we'll see. Well, well, Nixon, tell us where we can find your record and your podcast. Uh, on everywhere that you listen to your your records and podcasts. Um, <laughs> pick out our new album, Envy, the name of the band, Framing Hanley. Um, you can find it on Spotify on uh, Apple Music. You can go to our merch store. I don't know how to direct you there because I'm really bad at this stuff. I've only been doing it for 15 years. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, podcasts as well on Spotify, uh, Apple, anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. Um, but yeah, we, we uh, it's, it's funny. I got so ingrained in football because, you know, when my oldest son started school, I was like, I'm not going to be gone. I don't want to tour 250, 300 days out of the year anymore. 
and uh, you know took took a break from music for five years. So this album that we just released in February before the entire world shut down uh, is the first album that we put out in six years and absolutely the best work that I, I've ever been a part of. So please, uh, if you're listening and watching this, just go check it out. If you like rock and roll um, or just want to support somebody that, that likes football, uh, go to Freeman Hanley. Name of the album is Envy. And uh, thank you guys for having me. Name of the podcast, Two in the Bink, Fantasy Football 201 with my boy Proctor. And find me on Twitter at FH Nixon. And uh, thank you guys for having me, guys. Absolutely. And I, I vouch yeah, for the album. As, as Dennis knows, I'm someone who does not listen to music very often. And I, I downloaded the album to kind of get an idea of what we were listening to. And I, I actually really enjoyed it. So I'm, you, I'm with you on that, man. It's because... It's hard to get me to listen to music, and I actually listened to the whole album, so it was very good. I, I very much suggest downloading it as well. And check out the the podcast. Like I said, I really enjoyed the episode with Elliot Chris. I, I've already subscribed. I'll continue listening once you guys put stuff out. We, we really do appreciate you jumping on with us, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. All right, everybody, we will be back again next week on Monday. Everybody have a good weekend and stay safe out there. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your pop on there.